Welcome to episode 125 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, this is a really special podcast. I had an opportunity to talk with Christopher Franchi. His friends call him Franchi. I think I call him Chris because it's the best first name in the world. Uh, I really respect this man. He reached out to me after I had said some not so nice things about Batman and he wanted to clear the air on what it was like making Batman 66 with Stern. And I, and I really respect him because his story is very candid, it's very direct, and I think you'll walk away appreciating everything this man did to make this game as good as he could make it given the time period he had. And let's just say this, if he had not come on board, the Batman 66 package would have been nothing that, like we see today. It wouldn't have been as good, uh, and I think this man saved the day, I really do, and got the game to the best possible place it could be. Um, and I also, I love his story and I love hearing from him. And I've said this before, Stern would do a much better job if they would allow these individuals more of an opportunity to tell the story behind the making of these games, for better or for worse. I think a lot of the pinball critics would be silenced if they just heard from the people who are passionate behind these projects and heard from them on why things are a certain way. Because it would eliminate so much of the speculation, so much of the drama and the criticism uh, that gets lobbed onto these new machines because people just don't know what what these manufacturers are going through. Um, I think the jury will always be out on this machine because Stern decided to charge so much, right? Whenever you start to charge $15,000 for a machine, People's expectations are through the roof, okay? Now, I still don't think the value's there for 15 grand because I still think it's the same game as it is for eight grand. Um, and look, I, I, I'll say this though. Everyone I know who owns a Batman LE or a Super LE, they're happy with their game. You don't see many Batman LEs going up for sale. You don't see many Super LEs going up for sale. In fact, I don't think you've seen any in a really, really long time. People are holding on to them. And that's a good sign. Uh, and anyone else who wants one can go get one. And that's another great sign. Before I air the interview, just want to do a couple other news items that's been going on over the weekend. Um, first and foremost, uh, I saw Alien Covenant, the movie. I don't know if you guys saw it. And, you know, it was like, it was like, all right. It was just average. Uh, it's not scary. It's like so predictable. And I don't think Ridley Scott knows where to go with the story. It's just, uh, you know, these Prometheus beings made humans, human made cybernetic organisms, and everyone's looking for their creator and the aliens are just there to kill any non-metallic life form. And I don't know, it just it's just all happening on screen, but you don't really care much about any of it. So pretty much I would give it like a like a B minus. Not 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 a great film, not a bad film. Um, lots of drama in the alien thread, and I'm not gonna go into it all. Uh, but I wanna say this because I've been reading on Pinside and people are starting to say like that I'm the reason why there's drama. Okay. I do a pinball podcast, and I call it like it is, all right? I call, uh, I call companies out when I see them miss deadlines, when I see them refusing to give people refunds. I'm not the bad guy, all right? Canada hasn't prevented any alien pinball machines from shipping. Uh, I'm not the reason why they've run into so many issues and failed to meet so many deadlines. I will say this, though. I think we're in a very dangerous space again where people who have questions are being silenced by this small little army of shills that are 
that are constantly cheerleading this project regardless of what the facts say, right? So for example, there's information out there, public information that showcases the financial, the financials of Highway Pinball. And people have posted it. It's, it's, it's in the thread. Here's, here's what their liabilities are. Here's, here's how much in debt they are on paper. And people are disputing those numbers, saying, I don't believe these. I don't believe these numbers. These aren't right. Meanwhile, Andrew Highway filed those papers. He legally had to report the actualities of the company. And yet still you have these fanboys who don't even believe the stuff that Andrew Highway himself has put down on paper as the financial situation of the company. And look, I, 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 I hope people get their games. I just still think as we go towards June and, and, and this game is not being shipped in, in volume, uh, it's going to be problematic for, for the company. And I just don't know why certain people have decided to, to stop thinking objectively, right? Because if you're an objective person and you want to see how a company is doing, if you remove your emotion uh, from the theme itself, right? Because this is not about us debating Alien Pinball and whether it's good or not. It's just asking, is this company, are they going to deliver what they promised? And will I get what I paid for? And that's all people want to know. And I keep hearing from more and more people who have been asking for refunds and they have yet to get them. Um, and I just don't know for the life of me how a refusal to give someone a refund is a good sign. It's not, it's not. And I think that more and more people uh, are coming public. And I've, I've heard it from many people out there that they don't wanna share the fact that they've asked for a refund because they don't wanna get accused of potentially bringing a company down. And I think that's like just really sad and pathetic that, that we're attacking, that some people on there are attacking the people who just want their money back, right? They just want their money back. So look, I think June is gonna be a make or break month for a lot of companies. We're heading into June. And here's what's gonna happen in June. Star Wars is gonna be revealed. Attack from Mars remake is gonna ship. Dialed In is gonna ship, okay? Um, Alien Pinball is either gonna, sh are, they're either gonna ship large quantities of Ellie's or they're not. Um, but June is really gonna be the month, I think where the shit hits the fan. On, on Dutch Pinball, on Highway, on all these other manufacturers out there. You either have your shit together in June or you don't. And it's that simple. This pinball hobby that we all love would be much better off if all of these companies that are floundering would just go away. And I don't mean that I don't want competition, but don't enter into the pinball manufacturing world unless you have your shit together. Right, home pin is is getting ready to ship. P3 is getting ready to ship. We have way too many people trying to figure it out, and only a few really have figured it out. Um, and so, look, that's it. It's not Canada who's keeping companies from making their games. It's not me. I know you guys don't like it when I talk in the third person, but I'm going to do it sometimes. Um, and this podcast exists solely, solely to ask those questions and to keep these companies honest. Do you, want, do you want this podcast to go away and just talk about some local tournament talk and all the other BS that, that just fills the airwaves with most other pinball podcasts? Who cares about that stuff? Who really cares? What I care about is that people get their games. I want people to review games that they get. I think pinball should be about 
actually getting the toys. This doesn't happen in any other hobby. And and I'm starting to realize that like it's the pinball buyer that's enabled all these companies to exist. It's the buyers that have created the drama. Nobody in the car industry goes and throws money at at, at new car companies. Nobody in like the transformer toy collecting hobby goes and throws money at, 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 at a toy that has not even been made yet. It, it, only in pinball do people throw their hard-earned money at a toy that hasn't even been developed or manufactured yet. It's idiotic and it needs to stop. All right, if you're going to go in on a, on a small run game, that's one thing. But if you're bankrolling a company that's trying to take on Stern, with you, <laughs> good luck with that. Good luck with that. All right, the final point I'll make is I've asked so many people who are in on Lebowski, people who are making Lebowski, people who are in on Alien, people who are making Alien, to come on this podcast and talk about talk about the process of getting the game out. And everyone has declined to comment. What does that say? I'll tell you who hasn't declined to comment. Mr. Christopher Franchi. He's talking about Batman. Uh, Stern, again, only real, only big real game in town. And, and Chris is a great guy. And what's exciting is Chris is also working on new projects for Stern. Stern's got great artists locked in. They've got great themes locked in. And everything uh, that they intend to build, they will. And if call me a Stern fanboy. I don't know how you can love pinball and how you can get excited about new pinball and not really root for Stern because they're going to do it over and over again. They're going to give you... Uh, pinball at a, at, a, at a frequency that no one else can do and they're going to give you themes that no one else can secure and it's going to be great it's going to be great because you know what you're going to have an option to buy or not buy and that's the way it should be um, and so i hope you enjoyed this interview with chris i think he um, is, is a really great guy and i look forward to seeing his future projects and i look forward to uh to, to meeting him at a show and and shaking his hand because i think this man has um has pulled off a minor miracle, and you'll see why when you listen to this interview. Enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to Canada's Pinball Podcast a very special guest, uh, Mr. Chris Franchi, the artist extraordinaire on Stern's Batman 66. And Chris, I welcome you to the show. Thank you very much. That was an amazing blowjob. You know, I... Well, Chris, I give you I give you credit. This is I mean that was the first time someone's hit me with a good zinger right away. Um, I give you credit because Chris, you reached out to me and you were like, Canada, like I like your show a lot, but what the hell, ragging on Batman in episode one hundred and nine, and I I, I super appreciated that because I, I love when people uh, give me feedback and want to stand up, and in your case, defend uh, the machine itself. So I, let, let's. Yeah. We could probably jump right into that because I think Batman is probably how the pinball world knows you the most, correct? Uh, that would be the only way the pinball world knows me. That was my first job in pinball. So let, let's talk about it because I, I have to admit, like, I, I even for, I, I've been very critical of Batman in, in a variety of ways. Not, not critical of the artwork per se, but I mm -hmm. think the price of the machine 
and what people are getting is the thing that I've been the most critical of for because it is the most expensive Stern pinball machine of all time. Um, yeah. the, the code is still not done. It was kind of rushed out and everyone sort of knew that, you know, they were trying to meet the, the anniversary date with it. So what, what are your, yeah. like, what, what are your just thoughts on the machine and what it was like working on? And I've got a bunch of questions, but I want to know like yeah. what your take is on, on, on the experience of making Batman with uh, Stern. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, first of all, first and foremost, it was a dream come true because I have loved pinball since I was a kid playing hockey. And, you know, I, I grew up in Michigan and every hockey rink had at least one or two pinball machines in it. So I grew up on pinball um, and uh, uh, always, you know, would have loved the idea to uh, to design one. But I never really I never really went after it for some reason. I, I, there was a thing that I did with Kiss. Uh, back in like 96 where I, where I had contacted Stern and tried to convince them to do a new Kiss pinball machine because I said, you know, it's such a collectible thing and they're coming back out with their makeup now and the original members and, you know, it'd be great if you did a new one. And I knew the people that did the licensing for Kiss, so I kind of hooked them up. Uh, they kind of agreed at the time, like, yeah, that might be a neat idea. And then uh, I guess everything kind of fell through uh, in negotiations and trying to work out a deal. And that was really my only foray into pinball. I never really thought about it. Usually the things that I go after, um, you know, I, I can get work, but I, I never really thought about it. But just got a call out of the blue from Greg <clears throat> Freres. And um, he he wouldn't tell me at first what it was. He just said he found me on the Internet. He found me on the interwebs. <laughs> right. And uh, he, there's something that he wanted to work on me with, but he couldn't tell me until they send me a non-disclosure agreement. And so um, I went through all that, and I, I had a hunch. I never would have thought in a million years they would do a 66 Batman. That was my dream machine, my dream theme, as they say. Right. Um, but I never would have thought in a million years they would have done one. You know, it's, it's, it's old. Um, you know, it, it's... You know, kids these days, you know, people that are playing pinball, uh, the younger generation anyway, um, you know, just, I, you know, this wouldn't care about it. But, you know, I'm learning more and more that there's a lot of old 50-something farts like me out there that are buying pinball machines that do care about that stuff. So anyway, right. long story longer, um, uh, you know, my first impression was that, uh, that on this whole project was it was just a, a dream job and... Uh, I couldn't be more grateful that they called me to do it because I'm a 66 Batman collector. I'm, I've been a Batman fan all my life. Uh, and that's how they reached out to me is they saw my Batman artwork online. Um, and I think the reason why I, I, I reached out to you is, you know, I've been trying to get into the pinball culture and, you know, see what it's all about. So I've been listening to the podcast and, and, and came across yours and, Boy, you got a zillion of them up there. So I've been going through all that, and you know, when I, I'm not the kind of guy that like just like give me my paycheck, thanks, see you later. You know, I really wanted to know what people thought of my work, not only because no matter what I'm doing, I want to know what people think, but this was my first pinball machine, and it seemed like every time I went and listened to a podcast, they were just making fun of it. They, you know, it was like it's the redheaded stepchild of pinball. Because of the pricing structure and, and and all of that, you know, everyone's like, what a ripoff, you know, $16,000 right. and there's just a couple of Hot Wheels in there. And I kind of got bummed out because I'm like, you know, I, and I don't think I'm the best artist in the world, but 
uh, you know, I, I never got any feedback on what people thought of the art because they didn't bother to talk about it because they're too busy ripping on it. Right. So whenever it comes up, it, it, there's always this negative talk about it, like, oh, what a bunch of crap. You know, they do mention the artwork. They skim over it so they can get to the punchline, which is, you know, oh, what a ripoff or this or that. And, I, you know, the reason I reached out to you is because, like, you know, there's a lot of things that people don't consider in this whole scenario, you know, as to why things are what is it. You know, I, I, God, if I heard it once, I heard it a thousand times, the word cash grab uh, for Stern. And um, there's a couple things people really need to take into consideration. Um, and I, I've listened to some of what you've said about it, and I, and I think you've got a pretty good handle on it. But, um, you know, uh, one one thing you have to remember is that this was like a joint production between Stern and Kapow. And what that means is that money is going to get divided right there, okay. which is an unusual case because usually it doesn't. It gets, usually gets divided between the manufacturer and the licensee. But, you know, here we have a situation where uh, you've got a third party involved. Um, Chris, what was Kapow's, what, what was Kapow's relationship in, in designing this machine? Because I think for pinball guys out there, too, when they got the flyer about the machine and they saw this was like that joint venture, um, Kapow's role in it, did they own the license? I know they did work on the, the slot machine, right, for Batman yeah. 66. So they had some of the artwork already done for it. Like, what was the... How did that work? I don't know what to do with the artwork. I know it, well, the license was piggybacked off Joe through Kapow. Uh, Joe came to Stern and said, "Hey, you know my Batman '66 slot machines are doing well. You guys should think about doing a pinball machine." And so they started discussing it and decided to do it. Um, and it all went through Joe. Uh, Joe's got a very good relationship with Warner Brothers. Um, he got things through on that machine. Some you know people just don't realize some of the stuff that 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 machine has that is such a blessing um i mean for example way in the back there are two playfield plastics mounted on the back one is of alfred and one is of commissioner gordon with chief o'hara um any licensor no matter what you're making cannot use alfred or commissioner gordon they're not part of the licensing deal but because of joe's relationship we were able to do that and uh, that goes for, you know, what eventually is going to be in the video screen and all of that stuff. Just because of his relationship with Warner Brothers, we were able to, able to, uh, to I mean, as far as the artwork went, you know, I did, Stern let me do whatever I want. Um, they, they gave me very little direction. Uh, and I think that was intentional. I think they, they felt I had a good grasp on the property and they said, just run with it. And I, and I did. They picked out what they wanted to do and uh, sent it in for approval, and I didn't get any changes back. Not a single change. Like, oh, Batman's thigh is too fat or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and that's all due to Joe's relationship with Warner Brothers. So now, Chris, that's how... That's when, basically how the ball got rolling was b between Joe and Stern was was Joe's slot machine. Okay, which which is great to have someone who has such a great in um, with with the with the IP and the license holder. Um, I, I want to just stop too because I want to I want to say like I I followed this game from the very beginning and when Stern first showed those three image the three machines lined up together it was right before Expo. Um, right. The the response was really positive. I, I don't think anyone um, was 
crapping over the artwork. I, I, I think the machine looked colorful. It looked bright. It, it, it was, it was, it really got a lot of positive feedback. And I think, yeah. you know, some of the, you know, I don't want to say like negativity started to creep in a little bit. I, I think people got impatient with not being able to play the game because, like pinball people, and you've probably noticed this. Like they're a very sensitive bunch. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. they they once they once their enthusiasm enthusiasm starts to wane or move in the wrong direction, uh, they can easily turn against uh, a machine yeah. or a company, right? And Stern Stern is because Stern is the only real player in town. You'll notice this no matter what the machine is. Um, Stern will get criticized. The machine will get criticized. Oh, yeah. um, Everything does. Everything does. Like, right. Pinside is, is Troll City, and, uh, and I made the big mistake. Like <laughs> as soon as they were releasing the the, the photos of Batman, um, it was Greg or George. Somebody at Stern told me they said, "Stay away from Pinside. Do not go to Pinside. Just trust me. Don't do it." And I'm like, what the hell's Pinside? You know, <laughs> at the time, I didn't even know what it was. And once I found out, I'm kind of like, well, now that it's been released, you know, the day that it was released and the photos were released, I'm like, I'm going to go with Pinside and see what people are saying because I'm curious, you know, what they think. I've heard a lot of bitching, but the bitching's all due to the price. But now that they've got something to look at, you know, are they going to kind of lose focus on that and, and have something to say about the way the machine looks? And I went in there and I almost cried because <laughs> there was a lot of people saying it looked good, but there was a lot of people, you know, um, you know, little emojis of people barfing up rainbows and stuff. Like uh, uh, people don't get that property. I've, I heard a lot of people saying, right. you know, oh, it's so colorful. The TV show wasn't colorful. I'm like, do you have a black and white TV? Are you kidding? <laughs> I know. It, it, that was the most vibrant TV show I think ever. Yeah. In the it, history of television. It, it was very much in in terms of like another comparison in terms of color and, and the brightness. It it was very much like the Dick Tracy movie. I mean, Batman '66 was always very colorful. It was always yeah. primary colors, bright in your face. And so, in terms of talk me through. Um, well, first, before I ask this question, what I want to say when you told me that story about the Alfred plastics and how that is such a it's such a rare thing that that is on the machine and it's something that. Uh, Kapow brought to the table. I think where Stern sometimes fails to realize is the, telling a story like that adds to the value and the 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 makes the game more interesting, right? And a lot of times people don't know yeah. these things. And I think Stern would be better off sharing with its customers some of the amazing backstories that go into these games, so that when the games do come out you have some of that anecdotal information that is a good story. And, and I think right. that kind of hurts Stern at times because they do have sort of radio silence with, their, with the community. And it's sort of like, here it is, take it or leave it. And everyone always takes yeah. it because there's, no other, there's nothing else available for most buyers. Um, but let's walk through uh, when you got contacted by Stern. Because so, this game came out in fourth quarter of 2016. How long did you have to work on it? Was it, a, was it rushed because of trying to hit that anniversary date? It, it was on my part. It was horribly rushed. They, they got a hold of me at the beginning of September. Um, now if you, that's you know, insane. That's who, insane. Cause the game was shown yeah. in like five weeks later, right? Three, three different art packages in a month and a half, not even a month and a half. Cause a month and a half takes you right up to expo. And of course they had to have this stuff put together prior to that. Right. Um, I did not get a whole lot of sleep 
I did not get a whole lot of sleep between September and November because uh, what a lot of people don't know is, um, well, I, let's go through a timeline and that'll kind of explain these things. The first thing they asked me to do, and really the only thing they asked me to do, was they said, look, we need 120 drawings of Batman gadgets because each machine is going to be named after a gadget. And we were making these little plats, so we need a drawing of, of a, you know, each bat gadget. Okay. And uh, so I started doing that, which was difficult because they only showed on TV maybe 70 of those bat gadgets, and a lot of them were just mentioned. Like, well, good thing I had my back, you know, my bat tooth extractor, you know, mm-hmm. or we would have been in big trouble. So uh, Greg thought, well, you know, you're such a fan of the show. If anybody can design something that would match the sensibility of the show and look like it was something that was on the show, even though it wasn't, you, you know, you're the guy. So that's why you came to me. And as I started putting this stuff out, Greg kept mentioning, he kept saying, you know, geez, uh, you know, I really wish that, uh, you know, we could have had you do something else. We just don't have time. And I said, Greg, I've got a ton of Batman artwork already done. You know, I I love Batman. And whenever I have any free time, that's what I'm drawing. And um, so I said, send me the template for your back glass. And in the morning, you'll have something in your mailbox. And what he had in his mailbox was basically the pro back glass that you see on the machine now. Or whatever they call it. What's a super limited, limited, and then premium. So it's premium, premium yep. back glass. That's what I sent him that next morning. So uh, what did what did they have, Chris? Before you sent it, did they have another? They had something. Did you did you uh, see it? Yeah, I saw when I went in um, for our first meeting, which I think was in. Oh no no no! It was in. It was right before Expo. Um, they had something that was uh, a big logo, and then it had um, photo images that were kind of like photoshopped a little bit, like they put some lighting effects on it, but primarily it was basically photos from the TV show. Very small characters, a, lo- a lot of uh, dead area. I don't know what it was. I don't, you know, I, I, I was assuming I wasn't looking at some final concept for a back glass. It was just something they had laying around. Um, and uh, I, I didn't even ask Greg about it, really. I saw it laying there, and I didn't know what it was. Uh, you know, I saw the back glass template, but I didn't know if that was like somebody was, had submitted that as, you know, here you go. And they went, oh, no, we don't want to do this. Uh, I really don't know how that happened. Um, and I don't know the, the whole history of, of the machine and the design work leading up to me getting involved is even a mystery to me. Because we've hit the ground running as soon as, you know, after Expo, I had to continue drawing those gadgets. And it took me into November. Right. Because they they were considering using them. Well, you're not just drawing them. You you had to make up a lot of them, too, right? Well, yeah. I I had to research them. Like, I literally had to watch every episode. And, like, I'm taking pictures of the TV with my cell phone, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, all this kooky crap trying to get reference. And, um yeah, so that took me into November to get those done, and because uh, they were talking about using them for the uh, with the code, you know, on the video screen, right. which I don't think's been introduced yet. 
Um, so it, yeah, it was it was a, a hellish three months where I didn't get a whole lot of sleep, and um, I forget where we started. Now, with did this. they did they were you were you contracted as an hourly employee or as, no. just for the job? No, no, no. It was just it was flat right. rate. That's how they usually do things. Is they tell you this is what we need, this is what we'll pay. So basically, Chris, what happened is, and this is just to sort of summarize. Stern had been working on this. You get called in pretty much at the 11th hour here. You see what they're working on. You're doing these gadgets. Um, but because it's also like a theme you love and you see sort of like where they're going with the art, and you've done a lot of amazing Batman 66 artwork before this call even happens and this assignment yeah. happens. So you're able to use a lot of the incredible art you've created because it's, and I think everyone agrees, the error of just... Photoshop drag and drop just stock photography imagery is yeah. is dead with pinball, right? And I think Zombie Yeti proved that with, with Ghostbusters and Donnie's proved that with Metallica and now Aerosmith and and so you you sort of did the best with what you could do given the time. I mean it right. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Of, okay. Pretty much. Uh, like my I used to do a lot of artwork in the similar style of those guys. Uh, and I don't much anymore. Um, maybe Photoshop's made me lazy, you know, because now I'll just do sort of a ink drawing, scan it, color it, you know, uh, in, in with some of the uh, Batman stuff. Those were like paintings like gouache and and colored pencils and stuff. And, uh, you know, I'd scan that in and kind of clean it up in Photoshop and mask it out. You know, they're all separate illustrations, so I can kind of play color forms with them and slide them around how I want. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, and hats off to some of the people I've worked for in the past because I basically had to call in a few favors because Greg said, you know, is there any way you can do three art packages? Once I did the back class, he goes, well, can you do a cabinet? Yeah. So I did a cabinet and sent it to him and, uh, he's like, great. You know, can you do a back box? So once I did a one full art package, he said, well, you might as well do all three. So I called, um, Chad at Tweeterhead. Tweeterhead makes uh, 1966 Batman uh, maquettes, statues. And I had done an illustration of his Batgirl statue for something that actually eventually went unused uh, other than to promote sales before the product was done. And I said, do you have any problem with me using this on a pinball machine? And he said, no, we're, you know, we're all, we're all in this together, you know, go for it. Um, and, you know, it's still, he didn't own the artwork. He paid for me to do it, and it allows him to use it. But at the same time, I can't just take the art and go slap it on whatever I want. So right. uh, he was gracious enough to say, uh, you know, give us a green light. Uh, and then I called Frank at Mobius Models, who I had done uh, the villains, Catwoman and the Riddler and Penguin. And I, I said the same thing. Do you have any problem with me using this for a pinball machine? And he gave me the same answer. Uh, they were both very, very uh, happy to allow me to do that and excited to see how it was going to look because, th you know, of course, they've got a little connection to that now and they're both big fans of the TV series. So uh, if it wasn't for them, I don't know if I would have had time to to do what I did, you know, and, and I've heard a few people in podcasts mention like, oh, this is old artwork. Um, but uh, the fact of the matter is, if I wasn't allowed to use that artwork, I wouldn't have been able to do it. 
and it would have been photoshopped images. It would have been just, you know, drag and drop, as you say, right. uh, you know, images from the TV show. And what would you rather have? Artwork that was, you know, on a model kit box once or photos that you've seen a million times since the TV show has been out 50 years ago. Right. Uh, it, it was a, it was a no choice situation. Um, Chris, and then these, these are the things that people don't understand when they when they want to rip on all this stuff. It's right. like just, you know, the miracle of getting this thing done and, and getting it done the way it was. When um when you were doing the elements, um, what, what took the longest? Was the play field challenging? I didn't do the play field. Um, Kevin O'Connor uh, did the play field. And they showed me the play field and they said, well, since you've done all these characters on the cabinet, you might as well do the characters on the play field. So they gave me his play field that had photos in it, like that little bat shape with all the villains. You know, he had photos of the villains in there. Um, and then he had a photo of Batman and Robin up at the top. And the Catwoman, he had done some art. He took some clip art from Warner Brothers and then kind of airbrushed it a bit and kind of enhanced it. And uh, so Greg said, you might as well redo these so that all the art matches. So the only thing on the play field I did was all the characters. Okay. There's a Batman and Robin yeah, slide at it now. on the side and, and that stuff. But Kevin O'Connor did the rest of that. I don't think he's gotten any credit for it either. Yeah, and it's, it's credit for it. But. Well, and I guess, too, the – I mean, it would have been too hard to start over and, and try to animate the back – like the background images of like the Gotham city, it looks like, and we've got the starry night we've got, but so okay. So you replace the characters and, and, and it makes it more seamless because we've got the same art style with the characters on the play field as on the, the back glass and on the, the cabinet. Let right. me ask you a question, Chris, cause I know like as an artist, it's gotta be somewhat frustrating to be pulled in. And right. If you look at a pinball machine as a canvas where there's these different sections of real estate where you can populate it with art, um, what would you have done differently had you been given the amount of time to start in in, in a respectable, um, you know, way, which would right, right. be months in advance versus um, weeks? I'm, uh, I, I would have loved to have done new, new illustrations of the villains, um, because, I just see like that Joker, the, the Joker that I'd done, I, you know, I've been tinkering with this stuff for five years, you know, and I used to make my own Hot Wheels and my own action figure packaging and all this goofy stuff. And so I'd, I'd seen that artwork to death and I would have liked to have redone that. And I would have liked to have made the cabinet artwork a little more cohesive um, and maybe a little more, I don't know, said, maybe formatted to, to its use properly. Because it was really just a matter of, can I get this artwork that I've already done arranged in a way to make it fit on the side? Rather than look at the side of the cabinet and go, okay, what would be really cool to do here? Um, and, and I wasn't given that opportunity. So so if I could go back, that's what I would have liked to have done is, is uh, you know, on the cabinets really went in and, thought up something that that works for a cabinet rather than just use what i had and try to make it work sure the 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 top dog the super le the the batmobile image that's on the side of that is that was that an existing batmobile image that you had done yeah that was uh that was a batmobile drawing that i had done i've been kicking around for a while it ended up 
um, in a video release for Warner Brothers, they did a uh, animated movie based on the TV show with uh, Adam West and Burt Ward voicing their characters. It came out in uh, November, and that artwork was on the inside of that. Um, right. And then I just, it didn't have the characters in it, and it didn't have anything else. It didn't have the, the background. It was just the Batmobile floating. So I went in and I added uh, Batman and Robin, and then I did the Batcave and, you know, the little forest and the road and all of that stuff. That was all added later on specifically for the pinball machine. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'm, I'm looking at that image again, that, that first image we saw in the Stern factory of all three of them lined up. And, yeah. you know, I think given the time frame, given the, you know, the this, the sheer just a couple, few weeks you had to put all this together, uh, I, I think you, you pulled off a minor miracle. You know, <laughs> you know given artists yeah. usually have months to do this stuff. Um, now, here's the thing, because I do think the response to the cabinets when they were first shown was, was really positive. And I think yeah. what, what, what happened was, and I was one of these people, I was like, I went to Expo, and they're like, you can't play the game. Yeah. Like, what do you mean I can't play the game? Like, if this game's coming out in November, shouldn't it be, like, almost done? And you've got probably the greatest coder in Stern's arsenal working on this game in, in Lyman Sheets. And, and Lyman makes games go from being a B to an A+. And so everyone's sort of like waiting for this game to wake up. And I think what's happened with Batman, and I've been critical of this, is because the game is not there yet in terms of the gameplay, everyone is hyper-critical of the other things that are happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, that's putting a bad taste in their mouth. And, and while they're sitting around waiting, they're just like, well, what else can we pick on? <laughs> right. Well, because like you the know. Super LE, Chris, like one of the big selling points that Stern had was we're going to get Adam West to personalize each game. And yeah. we're going to make 80 of these. And Adam West is going to do a call out that introduces you to your game, Mike. And it hasn't happened yet, right? And so. I think a lot of these owners are sort of, and when I say it's like a cash grab, you know, I don't, look, we know that it's not a cash grab in the sense that Stern forced anyone to buy this game. I mean, you know, the, the people willingly wanted this. They got like, they said they got 400 applications for, for the 80 Super Elites that were going to be available. Right. And everyone I know who has one, no one ever says like, I don't like the way it looks. That yeah, there are there are questionable choices when Stern goes and gets like off the shelf matchbox cars. Like I wouldn't necessarily have done that if I were them. Uh, I I think the community is too aware of where some of these items are sourced from, and then it becomes a yeah. little bit embarrassing. Uh, especially yeah. you, you know this. There's so many nice uh, die cast and collectible Batman types of. I have ornaments. them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you're gonna charge. That's the thing too. Like it's this community and pinball people. It's price equals expectations on on everything. Um, right. And so well, I think when they you know saw you were it, talking about that. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah, um, go on. But you were t you're talking about that the, the personalizing with the Adam West. Um, everybody that got the Super LE got um, a voicemail, a personalized voicemail from Adam West to use on your cell phone. Now oh, I don't know okay. if they I don't know if they switched it to that instead of the callouts in the machine or or that's still yet to come because it's a coding thing, but I do know that everybody got a. a oh, so they they, they so the owners got that already. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. 
I gotta check with my yeah. inner friends and make sure. Um, yeah, okay. Somebody somebody named Chris happened to have bought an, a Super LE. So uh, sorry, whoever that is, but whoever it is, they sent me your voicemail so I could use it too. <laughs> oh my god! Because it's just like the that, first name. Yeah, that's the guy. If well, if we want to. So did Stern? Um, I always ask this of any artist who works with Stern. Did they give you a machine, or did they? Let you buy one at a wholesale price. Yeah, they they, they gave me a, a friends and family price that was negotiated up front because obviously being a collector, I mean, I there might be two or three things out there that are Batman TV show related that I don't have. I have everything else. Do you have Literally a car? Everything else. Pardon? Do you have a car? Like no, what? I don't. Have, <laughs> I don't have a Batmobile. That's but that's not an officially licensed product. <laughs> okay, that's a, well, that's... that's a prop from the show. Wh- which um, um, which model did you grab from them? An LE, a Super LE? Well, that's that that's the interesting story. I have my own model. Um, I was lucky enough to be allowed to take the three models that I had created and pick the Frankenstein version that I wanted, like the back glass from this one, the cabinet, you know, the side cabinet from this one, back box from this, uh, you know, the same thing with the goodies in the play field. Uh, so I, the, the one that I have is the only one that exists the way it is. And it even has like the way everybody has a plastic plaque on the uh, back glass on the lower left side. I have one that says extra super limited edition one of one and it has my signature on it and my name wow <laughs> so it's and the, that's it's never the leaving. one of one <laughs> pardon that's oh, never yeah, that's, leaving yeah, that's not going anywhere that's that's what, so the what, holy what, grail of my batman collection <laughs> the only one of one ever <laughs> right what what uh how did you arrange your your frankenstein version what what art do you have on it <clears throat> oh you know i i don't remember what went to what packages, but I can tell you that I got the villains on the, the bottom big cabinet. Okay. On the back and or on the sides and on the front. Uh, I have Batman and Robin on each side of the back box. And I have what I think is the limited edition um, back glass or translite. And then I also have the super LE topper with the bat signal projector in it. And do you have the the pinstriped armor with the? No. Okay. Do not. Do not. I, I basically what it was was, you know, George said, "Pick out what you want, and I'll do what I can." <laughs> and you know, I think I had included the fancy speakers and the uh, the side armor, um, and uh, did not get that. I got the speckled legs, the the metal flake legs and stuff. He did a great job. I, I I'm not complaining whatsoever. Right. Um, you know, I paid a fraction of what those people who bought the Super LEs got, and, and as far as I'm concerned, I got something just as good. So, well, yeah, that's, not that's complaining the, whatsoever. Well, that's the thing about Batman, and we've said it on this show many times, is what's interesting, and again, this has nothing to do with the art, um, is the game itself. The gameplay is the same on every single version, and I think, again, that, that yeah. gap in price, yeah. it makes it hard to know that I'm having the same exact experience as some guy who paid like seven thousand yeah. dollars less. But right? see, that's a good feeling for the guys who paid seven thousand. dollars Yeah. <laughs> well, and it makes so, sense you know, too. Yeah, because those guys more people happy. Yeah, there's going to be way more than eighty of those dudes versus the SLE right. guys, and, and the SLE guys, yeah. and and I think Stern has sort of 
establish how they're going to move forward with the, the whole LE really is just going to be a trim package because the premium will have the same features as every LE they have. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really the guy who just wants a little bit extra bling. Now, now Chris, let's, right. let's talk about your, like, well, before we talk, well, let's start with your future at Stern because then we, I, I want to ask yeah. your questions a little bit about um, if there's anything else in the, in the pinball art world that, that, is interesting to you, but are you are you working on any additional Stern pinball machines or future? Yes, ones? I am. I am. I'm balls deep in one right now. Balls that, deep. Uh, All right. Um, do, do I, you know, I'm not sure when it's going to be debuted, and I'm not sure what I can say about that. So I um, all all I know is I'm uh, I'm about to, um, uh, three art packages done. Um, and then uh, moving on to the uh, playfield stuff. Okay, so there's still playfield to be done. So this is a game that's most likely looking at 2018. I don't know. I don't know to tell you the truth. Um, but you still have to do the playfield, right? I, yeah, yeah. But okay. I mean, all of this stuff is like you know unfolding as we speak. Okay. Basically. I know because that's. I think for my listeners, we're like, well, it's not Star Wars, then, <laughs> you know, because like, Star Wars. No, is like I, the... I, I will confirm it's not Star Wars because I don't even know if they're. I don't even know if Stern's do. You know, I don't work there. I don't. I don't work in their office. Uh, when I when I do go there, you know, we'll go out to lunch and we'll talk about stuff and we'll address what I'm there to do. But you know, I don't really walk around and start picking through everything. And go, hey, what are you guys working on? You know, so yeah, like, what's behind this uh, door? And you're like, oh, I really don't know. I I right. I, I I know of. I know of one pinball machine uh, that is being made that nobody nobody knows about. And when I say nobody knows about it, that means there's been no speculation or anything. Because I've heard all the speculation from Star Wars to to shit. I don't remember what the other ones were now. So there's but, Star Wars. There's Star Wars is Iron Maiden. Really there's Iron Maiden. There's Deadpool. There's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Are these all? Is this your dream list, or is this what everybody is? This is like speculating. Speculation, like, and I think with Stern and knowing that Stern is a juggernaut in locking down all the best licenses, like it's you pretty much could look out at culture right now and be like, okay, what coming, what going on in culture would appeal to the fifth. Like forty to sixty-year-old male, right. <laughs> there's a good chance that Stern has its eye on that, and it's a, it's it's a potential for a pin. Um, you know, yeah. so that's that's sort of like, you know, and like the way these rumors start, and not just on shows like mine, but it's it's so easy to start a rumor. Like just one, it could just take one Dingleberry on pin side to be like, I have a friend yeah. at Stern that said he saw. Um, you know, a, a box that had the following word on it, and it could be like Groot, and be like, they're definitely making Guardians of the Galaxy, and then everyone just takes that and runs with yeah. it. But, oh, I've I've seen their their code names for stuff, and and they would never be that blatant. I can tell you that right now, because <laughs> right. I walk around going, what does this mean? You know, what are these? I, I don't remember what they. Have yeah, but it'd be Batman. like they, yeah, it would be like Awesome Pinball Volume One. They're like, oh, it's Guardians of the Galaxy, but and, but that's even still too obvious yeah. for for. For the, what, I mean, was the the, code, the, what was the code name for Batman? Did, was there one? Yeah, there was, and I'm trying to remember what it was, but it was it was really obscure. Like you know, of course, when you know what it is, you can kind of like go, oh. But you know, if you just saw it, you'd never connect it. It wasn't something as easy as like you know, Martha Wayne or something like that. Right. You know, it was it was something crazy. 
Well, it's so uh, it's but, so easy too for Stern to, uh, if I were them, I would you could just leak out misinformation, and these guys on Pinside I, would would spend I, a year trying to find more about it. I kind of want to. Uh, <laughs> like, let's just start this rumor right now. They're making a Devo pinball machine. There it is, <laughs> Super LE. You heard it here first. <laughs> they would sell out of Super LEs. Um, do you? What, so is Kapow also coming back for another game? Uh, they are, because uh, I have been busting ass on some, what do you want to call it, sort of preliminary. I don't want to call it preliminary artwork. I, I did basically a back glass design that's that's complete and finished. And good. like it doesn't need to, I don't need to return to it and touch anything up. It's it's golden. And, uh, and Joe had a, a meeting today with those people in, uh, now I'm going to say this, very intentionally in hopes that he could get this pushed through and it would become a reality. And it has. And what I mean by that is this, this is not a license that you just say, Hey, I want a license and you get it. Mm, uh, that's juicy. So something yeah, good, nobody, something, something good then. Uh, very good. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. A lot of people are going to, you know, what do they call that? Forehead palm themselves and go. I never thought of that. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, the Fraggle but, Rock yeah, license. Just got the news today. Is, I heard it's that, tough. Yeah, just got the news today that that's uh, that's yeah. a, a delay. I, I mean, like I I follow the whole industry and 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 the more I hear about the next couple of years for Stern, the more I would hate to be a Stern competitor. I, I I just it's and I keep hearing from like and I know I'm hearing from a lot of people that like work at Stern, so it's like take that with a grain yeah. of salt. But right. I mean, these guys are literally like, you haven't seen anything yet. Like, just right. game over well, coming. Uh, you know, but competition is the best thing for any market. That's what's going to keep all these other guys on their toes, creating innovative new things for maybe a less, you know, exciting property. But it's all about gameplay. Granted, people all have their dream themes, but like, what do people talk about most on these podcasts? Is you know how how well it plays, or how fun it is, or the code, right. and, and all of that sort of stuff. So by Stern sort of being the top dog in this, it just puts everybody else on their toes all the more, and we all benefit from that because then we get great products so that people can well, stay competitive. Yeah, and the, but the thing is, is that it's everyone else who puts Stern on on Stern's toes because Stern was getting really lazy in the sense that like if you go and you you've probably seen Chris like the you know the games before the hand-drawn artwork it I mean it was yeah. like Photoshop drag and drop like n yeah. nothing very creative um, you know even in the toys and the gameplay and the mechanism department uh, when you don't have competition you become you know the Madden football of video games where Every year, same game, same game, right. and so yeah. Jersey Jack well, pushed them. Some, I've been in licensing for probably thirty years now, and there's something that, that you know, if you're not on the inside, you don't understand, and that's that a lot of these properties won't let you do artwork. Something I could very easily see that HBO would say, "No, you're not going to draw Game of Thrones." You know, we paid this photographer a fortune, and and our our package you know everything for our merchandising programs is all planned out and you can't veer from that you got to use what we got you know we want people to see it and recognize it as our brand as our official product 
Um, I, I'm going to assume that's probably what happened with that is that, you know, their, their hands were tied and they didn't have a choice. The, the, those, those decisions aren't always made necessarily by Stern. But right. they, they, I've, I've heard them taking a lot of flack, especially for that one, the, you know, blah, 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 Photoshop, man, and that. They, they don't always have the choice. They've, I think they've been very fortunate to have been working with, um, recently, a lot of people that have given them some flexibility. Right. And I think that, I think thanks to people like Mondo, who do the alternate movie posters, I think those movie theater, or those, those, um, movie studios are starting to kind of come around and you know the the days of the movie poster with the five heads you know and the names above it you know um are kind of going by the wayside and people are getting a little more creative now and right i think with the influx of that uh you know and fan driven stuff uh i think that's creating greater flexibility with these companies and I think you're going to see a lot more unique stuff moving forward. It's not so much just a case of Stern heard the fans and, you know, kowtowed to them and did what they wanted. It's more like Stern's is being given the freedom to do what they wanted to do in the first place. Right. Yeah. I mean, I might, I, 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 I agree. I, but I do think that there was a period where like Stern just didn't have like, hand-drawn artists on board on the like on the yeah. staff you know and there, so there's a oh, while of that cheap. no it's it, it's, it's not cheap but you know what else is not cheap these pinball machines so here's so here's what right. here's what i think is interesting because i think you you hit on a really good point and i do think a lot of these uh studios are are understanding um that it, it pays to be it's it, it's it's to their benefit to be more flexible on on these ips and letting amazing artists sort of bring these things to life in different ways but i also think if you're if you're a pinball manufacturer like stern and i approach uh an ip or a license and and they won't let me get really creative with it i'd walk away because i i I really do think we are at the point now where i'd rather see no game of thrones pinball machine than a game of thrones pinball machine that is so compromised in terms of the art because 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 what happens is ultimately people won't buy it or be interested in it if it's not beautiful especially at right. these price points and the other thing i think too is and i think gary and and again like i i work in marketing but i don't handle these kinds of agreements if you were to walk into um a meeting with some of these more rigid and conservative curmudgeons who might not want you to do hand-drawn if you were to show them examples of your machines that were hand-drawn versus the ones that were Photoshop, dragged and drop, and be like, look, we're going to provide you some of the greatest artistic talent in the world to bring your license to life. I tend to believe only an idiot would be like, no, nah, we're going to stick with the Photoshop crap that we've got right. in our asset folder. Yeah, yeah, people, you know, I, I think they do, uh, you know, would require an education on the history of pinball and, and what collectors and fans of pinball uh, these days look for because I, I know that's you know I, I'm, I'm so thankful that I'm in this industry now because I love listening to reviews of pinball machines and the first thing that I always say is the art package and I'm like you know god you know after years and years and years of doing stuff that you're not allowed to put your name on and nobody gives a crap that you did it in the first place to finally be somewhere where you know Someone's going to look for a product that you've done because they like your work, uh, and it's the first thing they talk about. So many people have said, you know, when they say, 
you know, break it down. Like, what's your most, you know, what do you feel is the most important thing of, you know, top five things that, that are important about a pinball machine? And number one is always the art package. Yeah. Um, that, I, that's just fantastic. And I, I think if these people are educated on what what the pinball culture is all about and the history of pinball art, um, you know, I, I think they'll come around. I think these people also at the same time nowadays get bombarded with, uh, you know, with the Internet. You've got, you know, Joe Schmo sitting at home wishing that he could draw, you know, packages for Batman action figures. So he's sending Warner Brothers all this crap art. And, you know, they're like, no, no, no. You know, <laughs> I think that probably puts a bad taste in their mouth, too. They don't really sure what they're going to get. Right. But the bottom line is they have to approve it. Um, but at the same time, I've seen, you know, Warner Brothers is guilty of putting on a lot of crap. You yeah. know, I've seen, being a Batman collector, like, I bought some things very begrudgingly. <laughs> like, this looks awful. Who approved this? Right. You know, why is the, why is the bat signal the wrong color? You know, just like all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I get it, and I wish they did too. Um, you know, is it a point that, you know, uh, does the problem lie within the fact that somebody does not educate these people or do they not want to because they don't want to make waves? Uh, you know, who knows what the, what the root of that problem is, but it, it is definitely a problem. But like right. I said, I, I don't think it's as much of a problem. Uh, I think it's come a long way in the past couple of years. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, it's it's exciting to see the response to Aerosmith because I, I, I interviewed Donnie uh, about a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, when people just heard that Aerosmith was going to be the next Stern Pinball Machine, just a lot of cynical responses to the theme, right? Because we, we argue right. back and forth. If you, and to your point, Chris, the top five things that people look for in a pinball machine, it's like you got theme, you got gameplay, you got art. Uh, you might throw in there like sound, uh, you know, and and so like when the theme of Aerosmith was announced, everyone's just like, this is a freaking zero. Like who wants Aerosmith? Even though Aerosmith has sold more albums than almost any other band in America, people don't even know their history. Uh, right. <laughs> but when people saw it, it showed the power of art, that the power of art can override the power of you know, even theme and same way the power, like good code can even override bad art or bad, right. You know, some bad geometry on the game. Um, uh-huh. But for the most part, the reason why I think art is so important is these things are works of art. And I, I justify having pinball in my apartment. I, I have a magic girl. You probably know this. It's the most beautiful pin I think I've ever seen. It doesn't really work, but as an item of art, and that's how I tell people, like if you look at it and you understand the hours that go into making the art and, and to me, it, my, my friend always says this. He's like, pinball is a movie poster you can play. If you, if you look at it like that, it, yeah. it becomes a combination of the kinds of movie posters people love and also combining it with, with an interactive experience. It's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, it takes you into a, uh, you know, it, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, playing, it, I felt just felt like I was kind of transported into this, you know, fantasy world where, you know, because you're so engulfed in artwork, artwork, you know, for pinball machines has always been so over the top. You know, I, I'd confess that, uh, you know, to my personal taste, I thought, you know, maybe the Batman artwork was a little too busy, but I did it as busy as I did because I considered you know, where this was going and who was going to be buying it and what they would expect. And, and they just, you know, people love to be 
overwhelmed. I mean, especially if you look at the stuff that uh, Donnie's doing and the stuff that Jeremy's doing. Um, you know, it, there's just so much, you know, that just cram these little Easter eggs in here and there and do all this stuff. Uh, and that, you know, it, it just pulls you into it. It's what I call a plastic landscape. I swear I'm going to do a pinball book one of these days and call it plastic landscapes. Um, because that you know that's re really what it's like it's, it's <laughs> when i was a kid i used to say pinball machines were like the coolest fish tank ever right because right. it kind of is it's a glass box with all this cool crap inside <laughs> it's really um, and there's nothing like it there's nothing like it and and so let's let's talk about so donnie's aerosmith has all these awesome easter eggs and the details so now that you're you get a chance chris to do your next machine from the ground up are you really excited to to not have to like retrofit stuff onto existing stuff and you're, you're not in repair mode you're in create mode um right are, are you excited to like look at that blank play field and be like all right like how do you, how would you tackle it? Like, well, you know what? Uh, I, I really don't know. I, I am excited for the prospects, but but this is going to be my first playfield. Um, you know, so I've been doing a lot of research uh, on how they're done. I don't know what I'm going to be given. Like, are they going to say, "Look, here's where all these little lights go," and uh, you know, this is going to be uh, this feature and that feature? And you know, I don't know how much is going to be spelled out. Um, so I'm kind of nervous at the same time, you know, I'm excited for the, for the challenge, but kind of nervous because I'm not sure what to expect, but, uh, you know, definitely, um, definitely looking forward to it and, uh, you know, seeing what I can pull off, uh, you know, within that framework. Uh, right. I, 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 you know, my style is a lot different than those guys. Uh, I'll, I'll probably, never go back to that I, you know I, I don't see a need for it because we already have a dirty donnie we already have a jeremy packer um we don't need another one um can you, you explain know? in layman's terms when you say your style is different because i know it's always sometimes hard yeah. to articulate the differences of artistic style without showing it visually yeah. but what what do you what how would you consider your style now to be different than what what those two are bringing uh well what th th those guys are are very um you know, they're a modern version of, of the classic pinball art. You know, it, it's all the, the super detailed line work, almost kind of comic book like, you know, everything's got a holding line. Um, and then it's filled in from there. Uh, some of the stuff I've seen, uh, uh, the, the shading is almost screen printed style where it's just solid colors. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and I don't really do that anymore. I, I you know, I, I, I love inking. Uh, I just haven't gotten to that. Uh, maybe because I do I do so much work that you know it's like how can I do you know I'm, I don't want to compromise anything but how can I do this faster and and rather than spend all this time with you know uh, you know all this line work and crazy stuff I can do it quicker in an illustration uh, and you know scan it in touch it up and then take it from there uh, and, and even you know you can you can do stuff to it from there like sometimes I'll put outlines on things just because. I really like outlines on things. You know, I, I love the look of a, you know, it's kind of stolen from, from Drew Struzan, who is like the classic movie poster artist of all time, um, where he, and, and it would just kind of benefited his style. He would put a, a hard black outline around everything uh, because the mult, the multiple medias that he was using, he said, if you just put this black outline around everything, it kind of covered up all of his sloppy frisket cutting. <laughs> um and then he would go in and put like, you know, a lot of times he puts a, a, 
sort of a signature colored outline around that, but very sketchy. And uh, I do it a little bit differently, but, but the the look I really like, and it depends on what it is. And obviously with something like a with Batman, with a comic book theme, uh, it definitely fits very well. But um, yeah, my basically what you're what you're looking at, and we'll see what happens with the play field. But what you're looking at on the cabinet, in specific the the back glass for the Batman ones, that's really my style. Right. Um, that that's what it is. It, it's that it's that very rendered look, um, slightly stylized, uh, and it really depends. Some sometimes I stylize more, and sometimes I stylize less. Um. But uh, but that's that's basically it. You know, I, I don't do a lot of heavy black line work uh, anymore. And like I said, I don't feel the need to. Um, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you can't beat Jeremy for that. You know, right. if you can't do something, you know, as good or better than someone, then why do it? <laughs> right, right. So there's already, you know, a zombie Yeti out there. You know, you, if that's what you want, you call Jeremy and hopefully he's got time. Right. Um, I certainly don't want to mimic anybody, um, not uh, you know, just to dis- not to disrespect them, not not because I don't feel they're mimic worthy. Um, uh, Jer- Jeremy is probably my 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 favorite uh, modern day pinball artist, uh, or just artist in general. I think he's fantastic. He does great rock posters. Uh, he, he's got a great style, super clean line work. Um, and I just don't see the need to do that. I know people like it. I know they respond well to it, but you know, I'm 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 hoping to give them a reason to respond in a different way uh, to you know equal quality artwork that just has a different look to it. Right. And I'm looking at um, is it Metaluna Five Media on Facebook? Your... Yeah, that's my that's my art studio. Stupid, right. stupid, stupid artists out there. Don't come up with some clever, stupid name for your artwork and then open up a Facebook page because I have too many people liking that to ditch it, and I'm stuck with it. Metal Luna 5. You know, I can tell you where it came from, um, but uh, it doesn't mean anything, you know. Right. Uh, so, unfortunately, yeah, well, Metal Luna is the, uh, the name of the planet that they go to in the movie This Island Earth. <clears throat> which yeah, is real, those big real, brain real mainstream creatures. title there, Chris. <laughs> this Island Earth—that's a classic uh, Universal horror, uh, sci-fi movie. The, you know, you'll know the creatures. They got the big blue brainy heads with the black eyes that look like fly eyes with red veins around them. They made a All Ninja right, Turtle you, figure. As a marketer, on. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't confirm that that's a good choice though for. Uh, for your gallery on Facebook, but I'm looking through the images now, and they're 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 pretty yeah. incredible. And and for people listening to the show, I recommend scrolling through Chris's work because I think you'll you'll see that there's a lot of talent here, and it's it is, you know, I think it's Donnie's got his style, Jeremy's got his style. Your stuff goes, you know, it, it it's got a lot of stuff with great colors, a lot of photorealistic stuff, it, a lot of variety too over the years too that. Um, I think you could take any license and make it sing. So I know that people are excited because I think Stern's got this all-star artistic roster they're building now that do you feel sort of honored and and to be a part of that now, Chris, moving forward because they say, Oh, I, I, I I can't even put it into words. I mean, when, when you get a call from Greg Ferreris and it's just like, you know, his body of work uh, that he's done, 
uh, and George Gomez and these guys, like, you know, I'm getting like emails and phone calls from these guys. I got to, you know, pinch myself. I'm like, you know, geez, no, you know, it's, uh, it's very humbling. Um, at the same time, it's not something you can settle into. Um, and the re the reason is uh, the, the great thing about the great thing about the inside workings of pinball is that, um, at least from an artist standpoint, uh, the people that I've met are, are very humble. Uh, they're, they're very, uh, kind, you know, like, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to Jeremy a few times. Um, he's very complimentary of my work as I am of his, uh, you, 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 you have a competition sort of like, you know, you, you, you know, when I'm working on something, I think like, you know, well, you know, I want, I, you know, I don't want people to, to say, oh, well, you know, Jeremy sucks because this is amazing. You know, right. I want people, I want people to mention it in the same breath. Right. You well, know, I, and, I, the, and I, the, working with those people just keeps you on your toes. It's like, you know, you, I, I can't sit back and like take any of this for granted because these people are all just so amazing at what they do that, you know, if, if, if I did anything less than my best, I'd feel like I was cheating. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, and it's interesting too, because I, as I, as I watched Donnie do Aerosmith and saw, I mean, I didn't watch him do it, but as I look at his play field, I, I feel like Jeremy really raised the bar with Ghostbusters. And I think Donnie even raised it further with, with Aerosmith and, and, and it's a healthy competition. And I think, you know, each yeah. time, you guys are, are, are taking a swing at these play fields and these cabinets. Uh, it's got to be exciting being like, well, how can I do something a little bit different here? How can I do something a little bit, more, you know, original here and more creative here? And I mean, I even love like the way Donnie did the the saved ball when lit on Aerosmith at the bottom. Normally, that's just a, a little insert with not much creativity around it. And uh -huh. he's got it written in this awesome sort of font and it fits perfectly with the theme. And I know he's got a bunch of Easter yeah. eggs he's going to reveal soon on, on the play field. Um, so we're, this is exciting time. And, and so, Chris, when you look at the rest of what's going on in pinball, because I know being part of Stern is all, co comes with a, a real benefit that Stern machines do come out. Stern machines are normally drama-free. You know, as much as people might be moaning and groaning about Batman code right now, let me tell you, they have their Batman game. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's a lot easier to wait for an updated piece of software than to wait years and not even get your game. You've been to shows and you've walked the floors. What Any other art out there that you think is interesting? Anything else where you're like, oh, man, they could have, you know, I would have loved to have like, jumped on that theme. And Oh, geez, you name it. Every theme. Uh, as far as the artwork that I that has stood out to me um you know jeremy's jeremy's work um again uh in particular jeremy's work on uh oh god uh what's the promotion you were having worked on today magic girl yeah magic girl yeah um the 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 element of fun that he brings to pinball uh it's almost kind of retro with like the little lightning bolt icons and uh, you know, sort of retro sci-fi. Um, you know, I love that stuff. I'm a big fan of that crap. But that, that stuff reminds me of when I was a kid. And, and what better to be, what you know, what better time to be reminded of than when you didn't have to worry about car insurance, you know, <laughs> right, and getting right. up for work, you know. Um, so I, I think Jeremy's got a very unique style. Um, 
and uh, and I really like his work. And unfortunately, I don't know who did it. I actually tried to find out, but like it's a mystery right now. And I'm sure you know. Um, I really like the cabinet. Uh, I, I well, all of the art really for the uh, Houdini. The so the the new Houdini, the steampunk version. Well, I I like both of them. I, now, I don't know if the old one was that like art ripped off from an old you know poster or was it done in that style as sort of a tribute. So the the original Houdini, the one we saw at Expo 2016, was um, that was Matt Andrews, who's the artist who did all the cabinet work on Magic Girl and and, and John's other games for Zidware. Um, and then the, I don't know who the new artist is who did uh, the current. I should know this because I I do know his his name was put out there when they revealed it. Um, yeah. I have to say I do like the Matt Andrews more, a little bit more cartoony, sort of stylized, sort of. It's almost like if you were looking at a comic book of Houdini versus the actual Harry Houdini. Um, yeah. Well, it, it looked like one of those old. To me, it looked like one of those old magic posters. You know, the the, the classic. You know, come and see Houdini at this theater or whatever the the you know, right. awesome things they used to do. Right. Yeah, yeah, so the the new one is a little bit more sort of photorealistic of him and more of a steampunk right. sort of darker look. Um, they both yeah. look they both look good in their own way. I mean, uh, personally, I think pinball is better when it's brighter and more colorful and more playful, yeah. just because of of the nature of what pinball is. Um, but you know, Houdini Houdini is definitely interesting. I I'm, I'm trying to think too. You know, Lebowski art is. It's good. It's it's it's. I, I like that. I, I wish the game was coming out. There's so much drama with that game that I can't. You know, right. I can't get excited about artwork when um, they can't get them out. And then Alien. I obviously wish that they had ha- used hand-drawn artwork. I'm confused by the Alien. Um, the fact that they said they couldn't do hand-drawn artwork. Now the back glass is hand-drawn by Brian Allen, uh, which he did a really right. cool job on that. And it's like one right. of those things where. You know, man, if he had done the whole game, I think it would have been a different story. But it's again another company. We just hope they get their games out. I think you know a lot of what this industry's turned into, Chris, is uh, you know a lot of a lot of people are realizing there's so many elements that go into making a pinball machine that it's not just about putting the icing on the cake. It's it, manufacturing right. is the hardest part of it. Yeah, manufacturing, dealing with approvals, all of that stuff. You just have to remember that you know the some of the decisions that people make their hands are tied and and you you can't just automatically assume oh why did stern use this or do that and why didn't they do this and you know right. those it's not always their call but you know, um you know what i want to say because i really and I, yeah. I appreciate you coming on and we, we normally do these around like an hour um what what i love about this chat and and in you explaining the story behind Batman and 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 what you're working on in the future is it puts people at ease because they feel connected. They feel connected to you. They feel connected to Stern, and in that connection, I think is what's missing from Stern these days. And it's it's the advice I'm giving like Jared and and George. It's like you guys when you talk to your customers a little bit more, right? When you let them in to the experience of these games and, 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 and the, what's going on as much as they can talk about it. Like here's what happened with like the license. Cause I know Disney is like tying their hands a lot on stuff with star Wars. And I know that Batman, ha- you know, we had to change stuff with only a few weeks. 
that's the story. Whether you like it or not, that's the story. And the story will put people yeah. at ease because people do appreciate when they just know the truth about how this came about, for better or for worse. Right. Yeah, I, I think I would have gotten a lot less flack at people knowing what I had gone through just to just to get done what I could. And, and I completely understand your point. Um, I, I, on the other hand, I don't, I don't know Stern's position and, and why they do the things they do. Um, I, I know it's a, it's a competitive business and, uh, and I, you know, like I remember like why, you know, I don't understand why you guys wouldn't just like shout to the world. We're working on Batman 66. Like what's yeah. the big secret, you know? And they're like, well, you know, you, They've, you know, they got their reasons for why they do their business the way they do, and not everybody subscribes to that, but they do. Um, how far that extends into how they deal with the public, I, I, I think, from the outside looking in, I'm, I'm certainly not speaking for anybody, and this doesn't go back to any conversation I've had with anybody there, but I would think the way things like Pinside run with stuff, they're just afraid. They're just afraid to open up too much. And then, like, where is it Where is it going to be taken from here? As soon as I right. say this, it's going to get twisted into this, and it's going to go out as this. And then once it hits pin side, you know, it goes everywhere. And, and, and maybe they're thinking, you know, maybe the less they know, the better. You know, the less controversy yeah. there's going to be. Because I've just never seen so much cattiness in one culture. Like, it's such a fun culture. And, like, why people are just so... Right. Like God, like all the trolls, all the internet trolls in the world just went uh, pinball. Yes, that's what I'm gonna right. do. I'm gonna go right. on the pinball sites. Well, I think so, Stern is smart for not engaging that much. They, you know, they don't need to engage too much. What I think they would do, and what I would recommend, is when a game does ship, though, like tell the story then, right? because yeah. And the reason why they don't jump in early and you know scream from the rooftops that Star Wars is next. Because what happens is, to your point, like the trolls come out and everyone just starts like criticizing or wanting too much information or wanting it too early. Then, then maybe a part's delayed and they can't hit the date they said. And then all of a yeah. sudden, everyone's like, "Stern lied. Stern has destroyed my childhood." So they, yeah. but they, they've gone so far in the other direction though, where if someone wants to come on to their Facebook page and say, you know what? I think Game of Thrones art looks like shit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then they ban you from their Facebook page. Like, Stern, you can't be like that. Like, the world of social media, the world <laughs> of how people want to talk and converse is not up to you to dictate. Um, when you're right. in those channels, you have to behave according to those channels. So Facebook is a channel where people should be able to share more of their real opinions. Like if you go to, for example, if you go to the New York Jets Facebook page, I used to be one of the community managers for that page. Mm -hmm. All we dealt with all day long were being like the Jets freaking suck. Like every Monday would just be more fans being like this team blows. We didn't right. ban those people from being fans of the Jets. Um, we hoped the Jets would win, but I think Stern will would be better off. Would be better off just finding new inroads to connect. Because when I talked to Gomez yeah. on this podcast, immediately afterwards, people were like this is great. If he would just if they would just do it every once in a while, just sort of Give right. us a little bit more information. You know, Chris, you're a great personality. You have great pa – like, no one has more passion for Batman 66 than you. 
And yeah. you don't get that in a flyer. You don't get that in a static image of the game. You don't get that in a in a in a game at a show with no code running. So right. the more they can let that out, the better. Well, I, I'll certainly pass that on. Um, <laughs> and I would say this also as a as a suggestion in the opposite direction. Um, you know, if people engaged Stern in a matter of almost like a newspaper reporter, like, hey, the pinball culture is, has, has really been turned on to this old-school hand-drawn mentality. Um, and, uh, you know, that's like all the rage now. And then you came out with Game of Thrones and it had all, you know, this Photoshop elements and assets from from HBO and all that. You know, why that route? Because it was much less attractive to pinball fans than the, the other. If they approach it that way, as opposed to, like you said, that looks like shit. You right. know, then you wouldn't get banned. Then people might take the time to give you a respectful response to your respectful question. But right. when people are trying to, like, you know, elbow their buddies at the same time while they're leaving a message, hey, it looks like crap. <laughs> I told them it looks like crap. Right. You know, that, you know, you just ignore that stuff, and and it makes your you know they're running a professional page. It's it's a business page, and and thousands and th hundreds of thousands of dollars are at at stake. You know, in this business, and you got somebody going there going, it looks like shit, and they wonder why they get booted right, off. Right. You know, well, it's big true. It's true. Don't need that. Well, and and Gary and George and the team over there know this. That pin side is like maybe ten percent of their audience. Um, any distributor well, why are you trying to get back on so bad? <laughs> right. Well, you know, for well, here's the thing: it's like I would like to just be on there because I think it's reached the point now where clearly I've changed for the better, and clearly this podcast has become a real influential part of the pinball community, and 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 has added a lot of value, and just the fact that people can't even link, they can't link to this podcast in like, to me, it's like, what is this Russia? Like, it's not like you can't even say my name without them, like scrubbing the thread. And it's just kind of, it's gotten to the point now where I've, I've spoken to Robin personally many times, like Robin, look, I, I get it. Like a year ago, I would do ridiculous podcasts like Pinside babies and call people out. I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. Like, you should listen to the show, you know? Listen to what we've been doing the last, like, six months to a year. And right. I think you'll start to realize that this dialogue, even, like, this weekly dialogue that I do in this podcast, uh, I, I think it helps people because we know this, that the people who are, are hyper-passionate about pinball, they just can't really get enough of it. And right. I think this is even more productive just listening to this show than... Because you get addicted to form behavior, and form behavior brings out the worst in everybody. Because when I meet these guys at shows, they're all really nice. No one would go up to to George and be like, "Game of Thrones looks like shit, man!" Like to his face, <laughs> like it's and, you know. And you're and, a dick for doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, the, and the worst part about it, and this is what more than even like criticizing Stern, what Pinside has too much of is. Some someone new to the hobby comes on the pin side and says, "Hey guys, I just bought Game of Thrones. I love the theme." And people are like, "You're a fucking idiot for buying the ugliest game ever." And it's like the insults are coming from every angle. Yeah. And and it's like on, on some level, you know, maybe the guy just likes Game of Thrones. You know, <laughs> maybe he's read right. every book, and he has to take what he can get with 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 the pin. So it's it's. Yeah. 
it's all ridiculous drama. Well, hey, um, you can't beat, you know, it can't beat a back glass with Daenerys on it. I mean, she should right. have been on. It would have sold a million if you put her on all three back glasses. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, and Chris, uh, let, let's end on this note. If you're ever feeling down, and you're ever feeling down and out about Batman, just remember this: you can tell people. I made, I made the artwork for Pinball Machine. Um, where what have you done? <laughs> it, well, you could just you could stop there, right? Or you could say, and the game sold out in a day. At yeah. fifteen thousand, it's the most expensive pinball machine to ever sell out. It, and, and, and then ask what they did that day. I don't know. You know what I would say? I would I would say I did Batman sixty six pinball machine, and it looks fucking fantastic because I think it does. Because I'm and when it comes to that, I'm my best critic. Not because it's my artwork, but because like you know I collect Batman stuff, and you right. know the, to, I created the dream machine as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, well, and going to happen. You know, on that note, you know, as far as you're talking about, like, people coming out and, and, and discussing this stuff, um, you know, it, it doesn't – when you when you bust your ass, I mean, I literally might have gotten 12 hours of sleep a week between September and November. I mean, I really did some damage to my body trying to get that work done. And when you bust your ass like that, it only takes one comment – from someone that, you know, doesn't use a very, you know, intelligent choice of words and just says, Batman looks like shit. That's all it takes for you to just be like, man, you know, you just can't please anybody. You know, I tried so hard. I worked so hard. I didn't get any sleep. I'm super, super proud of what I, what I did. And here's this guy fucking shitting all over it. It only takes (laughs) one person. No, I know. know. You got, it's like, I mean, Thick skin is just like a requirement in in any in any industry where creativity or you're producing something that is has subjective eyes looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna get it. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I think I think like the when I made my bedroom arcade, I thought it looked amazing, and I, most people did. And then I went on like the arcade form. Everyone's like, "Look at this homo! Look at this stupid!" Like it's like what <laughs> like. I, I I have a bright colored floor. It's like look at his Ninja Turtle sheets. He's a, he's the biggest loser ever. I'm like, uh, like you know. But meanwhile, like 99% of people though were like, this is awesome. And and it's just a matter of like tuning out those right. five yeah, percent of the haters you know, that are out there. The good there. makes up for the bad. But you know, like I said in the beginning of our conversation, the, the, unfortunately, the Batman machine has turned into the redheaded stepchild. So when I hear it. Like I'll go through people's podcast list and I'll look and I'll I'll look for Batman sixty six and I'll like oh so I click on it and I listen to it and as soon as it get men- gets mentioned someone makes a joke about something costing so much money ah, ha, ha, and then they move on <laughs> to the next topic and I'm like really is that all there is to say is let's right. slam how much it costs you know well, right <laughs> now yeah so I mean like they didn't they didn't do you any favors with the code being like so Spartan at the beginning. But here's the deal. Look, Lyman is not going to stop. Like, the man is in it. He's only on it, if we believe what George said, and I, I do. Um, and the thing about Lyman that people don't get, he's what he does is just as much as an art form as, like, you know, Chris, what you're doing. Like, he will yeah. – he, he writes code for the game, and he plays it. He plays it for a while. And if he doesn't like yeah. it, he starts over. Like, he's not just coding to a deadline, and that's – why his games are so damn good. And look, here's what I think is going to ultimately end up happening. I think the game is going to really wake up when, by the time he's done with it, people are 
going to really love it. When that happens, the game, the value of the game is even going to go up even more and people are going to want them even more and there's going to be, uh, you know, people are going to hold on to them uh, because it's just that kind of like theme that people love and Lyman's going to make it, I think, sing. Now, look, I, do I think the Super LEs are worth 15 grand? No, but I don't think any pinball is really worth 15 grand in terms of like the materials or anything like that. Right. It's worth 15 grand because you know what? To some of my multimillionaire friends I know out there who love this show, Batman 66 is priceless to them. And yeah. to have it in the living room or the game room when they wake up in the morning makes them happy. And you're going to tell someone like that, like, you can't even put a price tag on it for people like that. So they yeah, happily exactly. handed over the money. Yeah, yeah, and that's one group of people that everybody in the pinball community seemed to forget was that there's not only pinball collectors, there's Batman collectors out there. And yeah. if, if it's one thing that that uh, that I can uh, you know go to sleep at night feeling good about is the fact that I know for a fact that I had made every single 66 Batman fan happy with that machine. And that's all that I matters. May, yeah, I that's may not have pleased all the pinball fans, but I know every single Batman fan thought it was just like a wet dream come true. Right. And that's all that matters. You know, I whenever people come over to my apartment and they see a pinball machine, their eyes light up. People jump on Magic Girl. They don't even people 99% of the world doesn't even know what pinball code is. They yeah. they they're just like trying to keep the ball from draining and sometimes you know, ignorance is bliss because to those people, they enjoy the art, they enjoy the lights, they enjoy the, they enjoy like almost everything, and they're not nitpicking the one or two things that drive OCD pinsiders crazy. Well, Chris, look, I, I I really appreciate you reaching out. I'm sorry for the few times we missed doing this interview, and I'm actually glad I missed <laughs> the last scheduled time because I I, I got drunk. And right. it was bad. And like I told you, like I just <laughs> fell asleep after like two bottles of sake. And I wake up and the next day and Chris Chris gives me this email that's like, what the fuck, dude? Like I get text <laughs> message email like we had this time. I And I'm, I felt so bad because it was like the third time we scheduled it and I passed out. So uh -huh. this has been great because I'm 100% sober. Um, we made it happen. <laughs> this is going to be – we're going to put this up Friday. Uh, it will be the nice weekend podcast that always gets a ton of listens and – I'll probably do a little intro because I know that ACDC tomorrow is coming, the announcement right. for another ACDC. Not that we need more of them, but that's what keeping the manufacturing line going can, you know, means. <laughs> and how did to... I know about that? From your podcast that I listened to two hours ago. <laughs> I mean, right. By the t well, by the time people hear it, they'll be like, well, today's got old news. I'm, I'm always I'm always like trying to figure out when is this going to air and then what will I know by the time this airs and then what will happen. But but these are right. great. People love these interviews, and, and, I, and I really appreciate the stories you've told, Chris. I think everyone who listens to this who has a Batman 66 is going to feel even better about it and even more excited for what's to come with that game. And, and I, I look forward to seeing that game fully wake up so that it's all, it's all there in the future for you. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I think it's going to be fantastic. Lyman uh, has got more passion than anybody I know at what he does. Um, he's, he's not going to let that go. He's not going to put it to sleep until it's the way he wants it. Um, awesome. And, uh, yeah, and I'm looking for the, forward to the future, too. The, the, I, I've got uh, – I'm in the midst of two, two big projects, and, and my hand is in the fire of, for about three other ones. Wow. And, uh, and I can say that uh, some of these are, are going to be very, very exciting. Oh, this is, you know, part of, part of collecting and loving pinball is 
the anticipation of what's to come. It's it, when you just you could just say that, and people are like, ah, like, you know, it's like, well, because that's all you get in this industry. I know, I know, I don't get well, much. Some cool stuff coming up. Ooh. <laughs> nobody gives me much info. I get like. I get snippets from like distributors and whatnot that are like in like other parts of the world, and I'm like, oh, I can't even verify this stuff. And like, and and like, because the thing is, most of it never really comes true. So I'm like, right. I, I don't believe any of it anymore. But but Chris, what I do believe is you've done a good thing with Batman. The game's gonna wake up when Lyman finishes it, and we look forward to your next stuff. I think you've satiated um, Batman 66 fans. I think you've wet the appetite with some of the little things you've dropped on this podcast about what's to come. So it's an exciting time to be in pinball. And I think you're joining pinball at the best possible time because the resurgence is happening and the emphasis on hand-drawn artwork and great artwork is on the top of people's list. So you couldn't be joining this, this game at a better time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and remember for, for all the naysayers out there, my, my work is hand-drawn. It starts off hand-drawn. <laughs> that's it you know i may add stuff and i may do backgrounds in photoshop because it's a lot easier you know to do some you know radial lines in photoshop than it is to hand draw i don't see the point in doing that but uh uh you know yeah it, it's all it's all handcrafted it's not uh a lot of people thought even those faces on the play field were were just photos and because once you shrink something <laughs> down that small you lose all the uh detail right. but yeah, put a lot of care into what I do. Um, I do not care what the property is. Um, you know, I, I could. I don't want to say that you know Batman was a labor of love, and you know now that I'm in, I'm just going to do a hack job on everything else. Uh, I think pinball is far too fantastic to right. blow an opportunity to hack anything, and uh, I think people are really going to enjoy uh, what. Uh, well, what's coming from from Stern and myself? I don't want to just say myself because I know some of the other stuff. Um, damn it! I, you know, I'm the worst person to keep secrets too. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's right. killing me. It's just killing me. But, well, uh, look, the news we it, got today was fantastic, and I think that's going to really surprise a lot of people. And this is news of like a new Stern game down the road. Uh, it's a yeah, Kapow Stern. God damn it! <laughs> right, <laughs> everyone's gonna go. Everyone's gonna just go start researching like what slot machines Kapow has, and then make their guesses. Um, I, I'm almost positive, not not to burst your bubble, but I'm almost positive that they do not make a slot machine of this. Well, I've never seen it, and I just for, went to. I just gambled my ass off in Vegas a couple months ago. I did not you, see this. You, uh, you you just saved me a bunch of time. Then all right, well, Chris, I yeah. really appreciate you coming on. Um, you got you have it, the best. Man. You have the best first name on the planet, and um, we'll do this again <laughs> soon. I look forward to it because you're you're gonna keep going, and we'll keep doing this podcast. And anytime you want to be a guest of the show, just hit me up, and we'll make it happen. Well, I'll see if I got something interesting to talk about. I don't want to waste your time, but uh, yeah, if I do, most definitely. All right, Chris. Anybody I in the Michigan area that hears this on Friday, I will be at the Motor City Comic Con. Uh, in Novi, I'm a special art guest. Well, I'm an art guest there, not special, but uh, I will be there, and I will. And I actually have some pretty cool canvases that I made uh, with the uh, Batman pinball art. Cool. So a couple of All little right. special limited edition things. So anyway, thanks very much for having me. Um, yeah. I, I enjoy enjoy your podcast. It's uh, it, it, if it makes you feel any better, you're part of what I do because as I'm sitting here, even now working on one of my pinball designs. Uh, I listen to your podcast, so you're you're in there somewhere. 
All right, I appreciate it. Hopefully, it's entertaining. I, I think it's. I think it is. I, the I, most I, entertaining I, part of your podcast is when you use the third person thing. <laughs> when I, <laughs> Canada, that's another person. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate. I thank you for listening, you and I, and and I thank you for for reaching out. So, Chris, have a great night, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Chris. You too, buddy. Take it All easy. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we want to thank Chris for joining the show, and I think he shed a lot of tremendous light on what it was like making Batman 66, and I think he added to the story of the machine, and I think that's what everybody wants. They want to know as much about the machine they have as they can, and I think those stories of what it was like creating it, even if he had to rush it in a few months and get as much together as he could under an unbelievable timeline, uh, it adds to the story, and I think it sets people's minds a little bit more at ease. Uh, And I think Stern has learned a lesson. I think they really have. I think they know now. Hand-drawn artwork. Get it in early as possible. Give these artists time to make these games look as good as possible. Um, Because these things are going to live in people's homes for decades. You get one chance to make a game look incredible. Okay? We want to thank Chris. We want to thank him for joining the show. Uh, And we want you guys to have a good week in pinball. I think this is going to be an interesting week. I really do. I kind of think we're going to see something on Star Wars on Thursday. And I'll probably be wrong again. Have a great Monday, and we'll talk to you soon.